That's a clown question, bro. Hi, what's up on you? So I'm gonna kick some dirt. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm not the type of player that's gonna be Johnny Hustle. If you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball. Kind of whenever I'm your host, Christian. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing well once again. Obviously, this is a very, very exhausting week for us with baseball. This is the third broadcast we've done this week alone. Yeah, very busy week. You know, if, if you Ooh. haven't caught it, we did, you know, we do a, a news break, you know, MLB news breakdown every, every, uh, every Tuesday. And Tuesday night, we released you know, our gut reactions to the hall of fame, you know, we did, uh, we did 10 bubble case full out breakdowns. Um, so it, it meant a lot more to us this year and, uh, kind of did our gut reactions to all the, you know, the, the big, the big news of Tim Hudson staying on the ballot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that 3.2% increase of Bobby Abreu, Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty optimistic about the guy. You know, if he can gain that exponentially, he'll be in like in two years. Uh, yeah, true. If you give him six or six and that, yeah, six percent and then 36 percent, and then somehow he gets, yeah, yeah, you that'd know? be crazy. He gets like 900 percent of the vote. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know how that works, but that'd be sick. I'd love it. Um, yeah, pretty pretty underrated guy. Actually, looking for stats on uh, someone else, I found that he is he has the most seasons out of anyone with uh, thirty five plus doubles and a hundred plus walks. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, he is he has two seasons with ten triples and a hundred walks uh, in his career, and he's the only person since I believe Mantle to do that. Like period, and he did it twice. Yeah, but you know, it's just he uh, he doesn't doesn't get the recognition, and like you know, he just does, he never really looked quite like he was a Hall of Fame player, but he kind of he, he didn't look good out there, Chris. Exactly, exactly. That's, that's all that matters. Um, and I get I'm guessing you know as a lefty, a guy that might have done well against him was the great Randy Johnson, uh, the best lefty of his generation for sure. We're going to be talking about him today, uh, going through the life and career of him. This is uh, the 25th player that we've done thus far. Wow. Yeah. We're um, we're going to be picking from a list of five today. That's crazy. Yeah, we're picking numbers one through five today. It's, uh, it's pretty insane uh, how, far, how far we've come from uh george brett and the 2012 tigers <laughs> that was um, a yeah. hey that's didn't that show last like two and a half hours cumul- cumulatively though even though we had eight pages of prep yeah it, it did how did that it happen just, it was just a lot of us like banter it was a lot of banter yeah we did a lot Dude, of we banter. need to bring that back we didn't really script we didn't really uh skip uh, we, we did have to improv a lot yeah, exactly. Back when we thought that's what the show was going to be instead of much more organized 25-page scripts. Yeah, we yeah, we didn't really go into this thinking we would go this detail. No, this is like something I have to sign out entire days for and like multiple entire days. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm I've had a great time doing history, but I'm so excited for this thing to be over. 
yeah i've i've told it i've said said this to you before but i'm enjoying the ride but when the ride's over i'm not going to be that upset about it um, i'm not gonna be upset at all because like we just started school this week too so now we gotta mix that in with homework it's like well i have this paper due tomorrow but i also have to do this this document on the 2020 or 2008 raise so priorities we got to do the raise yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um so yeah that that's gonna complicate things we're hoping to get it all done before the uh, season starts but it it may or may not happen. 64, 63 days away on the day that this releases. Uh, yeah. So there we go. You know, we're on the, on the downhill for sure. Yeah. But let's talk about Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson grew up, uh, born in Walnut Creek, California. And, uh, he would practice pitching against a garage door. And, uh, he did that idolizing, um, a guy that excelled in the early 70s for the Oakland A's, Mr. Vita Blue. The youngest um, person to win an MVP. First uh, first pitcher to win an MVP? Youngest. Youngest. Yeah, that's... He was in his age 21 season in 1974? Um, one of those uh, three years. Yeah. Oh, no, not even. 1969. Oh, wow. Maybe, maybe that was it. Uh, nope, it was 1971. Oh, 71. They, yeah. didn't, even, they didn't even win. So the he debuted at age 19. He had a 1.82 ERA. Yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty wild. So he would idolize him. Um, and when throwing against that garage door, uh, Randy Johnson sometimes would loosen the nails in the wood siding of the door, and his father would then hand him a hammer to hammer them back in uh you know had to uh had to pay his dues you know he loosened the nails and you got to hammer him back in that's that you know pretty predictable from a guy <laughs> like randy johnson uh johnson also very predictable is this next thing yeah he played uh both baseball and basketball in high school uh, he, he must have been a great point guard yeah, like a like a nice scrappy guy, like a you know a you know a, a Nate Robinson type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, or like a like a Chris Paul type, just you know, in and around the basket, making nice assists. You know, not big on the rebounds, but you know, a a scrappy guy. Um, he was a great player. Yeah, he was running the offense, like setting up plays, making great passes. That's what Randy Johnson was doing on the basketball court. For yeah, sure. shoot, shooting from the outside. Yeah. Yeah, but you're not going to see him, like, crashing the boards. You don't really expect him <laughs> to be doing that. Um, but Johnson especially excelled at baseball. Uh, you know, that's why we're talking about him. He, in his senior year, he struck out 121 batters in 66 innings and threw a perfect game in his last high, in his last high school game. Wow. And in the 1982 MLB draft, Johnson was selected in the fourth round with the 89th overall pick by the Atlanta Braves. Uh, although he did not sign with the Braves, and instead he went through with his baseball and basketball scholarship to University of Southern California. So now Randy Johnson is in college. Uh, there's not much, there's not very much on his college career. He didn't really 
he wasn't really uh excelling in terms of statistics in that uh in uh, in that college career uh he did study photojournalism so that's something uh, he has in common with us sort of yeah yeah in a way journalism in a, in a way yeah um he played two years of basketball i couldn't find anything about him on collegebasketballreference.com though and he played uh in in baseball he struck out a lot of batters and he also walked a lot of batters so a guy who threw the ball hard but didn't really know where where it was going and in the 1985 mlb draft he was selected in the second round with the 36th overall pick uh, by the montreal expos so Randy Johnson officially uh, a professional baseball player. So now Randy Johnson is in the minor leagues and he spent a few years there starting in 1985, the year that he finished up college. And in that first year, he threw 27 and a third innings pitched, struck out 21 batters, but walked 24 and put up a five, nine, three ERA uh, in low a ball. So obviously, you know, he's obviously uh, establishing what kind of pitcher he was, High walks, but high strikeouts, and uh, we know what he needs to improve on. And he he did a better job in 1986, which is his next year. He put up a 3.16 ERA with 10 Ks per nine and seven and a third walks per nine, and only 4.6 innings per start uh, in 26 starts in high A. So obviously the walks are still a problem for him, but he's striking them out like nobody else. And in 1987. He put up a 3.73 ERA with 10 and a half strikeouts per nine and 8.2 walks per nine and 140 innings pitched in double A. Lastly, in 1988, he put up a 3.26 ERA, 8.8 strikeouts per nine and, and 5.7 walks per nine uh, in 113 and a third innings pitched in triple A. Still, still not very good, but much better than where he was at. And he missed two months of the season due to a hairline fracture in his right hand from punching a wall. And uh, he was able to, ma- to mature through, uh, thanks to two men in particular. And this is a direct quote from Randy Johnson. Quote, Kerrigan was my pitching coach in AA and AAA levels of the Montreal Expo system, and Williams was a roving pitching instructor in the minors. Both of these coaches helped me greatly because they made me grow up and become a better person. They helped me develop into a big league pitcher. I owe a great deal to them. So two of his minor league pitcher, or pitching coaches really helping him through. Uh, getting through these issues and eventually in 1988 he was called up to the expos in september Uh, so now we're going over randy johnson's brief time as an expo uh johnson made his major league baseball debut on september 15th 1988 and uh automatically became the tallest player in mlb history and uh since then he's been joined by Eric Hillman, Andy Cisco, and Chris Young, the right-handed pitcher, Chris Young. Shout out to uh, Chris Young for being a May 25th birthday. Shout out to him for yeah. sure. Uh, he was joined by those three men uh, who were each six foot 10 inches tall, just like Randy Johnson. And uh, he has been surpassed only by John Roush. So a uh, little trivia for you, tallest player, in baseball history was just a uh, this reliever for the twins who <laughs> had a decent had an all right career uh and in randy johnson's debut he allowed two runs in five innings and earned the win 
And in his next start, he got a complete game victory where he allowed six hits, one run, walked one, uh, walked one batter and struck out 11. And he allowed two earned runs and six innings pitch in each of his next two starts, which would end up being the last two starts of his season. And in total, Randy Johnson put up a 2.42 ERA, 3.15 FIP, and 151 ERA plus in 26 innings pitch for the Expos in 1988. And uh, very good season, you know, very good, looking very good to uh, start his major league career. And also in 1988, during batting practice, uh, Johnson had a head-on collision with the five foot eight now Hall of Famer Tim Raines. Uh, everyone turned out fine, but Tim Raines did say after the uh, incident, "You're a big unit," uh, and that gave him that gave him a nickname that would. Oh, I I never knew that until like 20 seconds ago. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Shout out to Society of American Baseball Research, you know, giving us all the deets to uh, Randy Johnson's career. Um, and yeah, that he's still called that. So whenever, anytime someone says big unit, you're thinking of Randy Johnson. Uh, after and uh, in 1989, after allowing one earned run in eight innings pitched in his first start of 1989, in Johnson's next five starts, he allowed 21 earned runs and walked 19 batters in only 20 and two-thirds innings pitched. Uh, so some early early career woes. And despite the Expos only being 22 and 23 on the season, they made a big win-now move by trading Randy Johnson and two other players to the Seattle, Seattle Mariners for a player to be named later and Mark Langston and uh, Mark Langston was a guy who put up a 125 ERA plus in 1988. And he led the, he had led the league in strikeouts three times up to that point. So, you know, they weren't getting no slouch, but he only spent that year in Montreal. And then he went to, uh, I believe he went to the angels after that. So big yikes there. Not the, not the last bad trade the Expos would make. Hmm. Probably not the first either. Yeah, not the first either, for sure. So now Randy Johnson has a new home for now in Seattle. And uh, from from the first part of this of his Seattle tenure, he was kind of doing a lot of what he was doing in the minors. And in 1989, he put up a 4-4 ERA with a 3.94 FIP, a 92 ERA plus with seven and a third or 7.1 strikeouts per nine, 4.8 walks per nine in 131 innings with Seattle. And that... Uh, Ended up being it for Randy Johnson in the 80s. Sort of just getting started, but in the 90s, he would look to do more. And in 1990, on June 2nd, with two outs in the ninth inning, uh, he was looking to do something with no one else on. That He was looking to do something that no one else on the Mariners had ever done. A man all alone with himself, but not all alone here as 24,000 incredibly rabid Mariner fans are looking for that final strike. That will set Mariner history. Here comes the left-hander's wine. The 0-2 pitch on the way. Swag, it's over! He has done it! High fastball, Randy Johnson being mobbed by Scott Bradley down to greet him and the entire Mariner team here on the 2nd of June. It ends at 
51 Pacific Daylight Time. Randy Johnson with the first Mariner no-hitter in history, and they are going crazy, everybody saluting the tallest man to ever put on a uniform in the history of baseball. Randy Johnson has done it. He has no-hit the Detroit Tigers tonight, two to nothing. My, oh my. So Randy Johnson with a no-hitter, his first in his career. Also, RIP to the legend Dave Niehaus. He was, he was taken from us far too soon. And yes. in his following start, he threw a complete game where he allowed one run, struck out 10, and allowed just six base runners, ironically the same amount of base runners in the no-hitter. And on the year in 1990, he ended up with a 3.65 ERA, a 4.29 FIP, 108 ERA plus, 7.9 strikeouts per nine, and 4.9 walks per nine in 219 and two-thirds innings pitched. He also finished sixth in Ks per nine, uh, sixth in strikeouts with 194, second in hits per nine with 7.1, and walked the most batters in the MLB with 120 and had the worst walks per nine among qualifiers. So Randy Johnson is starting to show some glimpses uh, of greatness, but you know he needs to fix the walk issue still. And in 1991, he put up a 3.98 ERA, a 4.0 FIP, a 103 ERA plus, 10.2 strikeouts per nine, and 6.8 walks per nine in 201 in the third inning pitched. And he finished second in Ks per nine behind 43-year-old Nolan Ryan with 10.2, second in strikeouts with 228, second in hits per nine with 6.8, and walked the most batters in the MLB with 152 and had the worst case per walks per nine among qualifiers. So now we move into 1992 and on September 16th, he allowed no runs, one hit and walked a batter striking out 15 in nine innings. Unfortunately for him, there was an unearned run uh, allowed in the fourth on a throwing error and the game went to extras where the Mariners lost. And that start remains the only game since game logs started being recorded where a pitcher struck out 15 batters, allowed no earned runs, and less than three base runners, and his team lost. So it's quite some misfortune from Randy Johnson, but that's when you get when you get the pre-95 Mariners. Uh, and in his next start, he allowed three runs in eight innings with 12 strikeouts and two walks and also got a loss. And in the start after that, he allowed two runs in eight innings with 18 strikeouts and four walks and got a no decision with the Mariners losing eventually. Uh, he didn't pitch in the ninth because he was at 160 pitches. And he ended up with a 3.77 ERA, a 3.61 FIP, and a 105 ERA in 210 innings pitched. He had the least hits per nine among qualifiers with 6.6, the most strikeouts with 241, the most walks with 144, the most hit by pitches with 18 Ks per nine among qualifiers with 10.3 and walks per nine with 6.2. So, you know, Chris, he's doing all this great stuff, but he's not winning the game. So it doesn't matter. Exactly. 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 And uh, to learn how to win the games, he went to a guy who had won 300 at that point. And at some point around 1992, it's not clear exactly when, but Johnson got some advice from probably his idol, Nolan Ryan, and, you know, a guy who had a similar career path in a way. Uh, so a quote from Nolan Ryan says, uh, I told Randy he could be the most dominating pitcher in baseball if he just worked on his game. He was a lot like me when I was younger. He was just pitching and not doing a lot of thinking. 
Uh, and also, you know, something a lot deeper happened in Randy Johnson's life uh, around 1992. This is a quote from Society of American Baseball Research. It says, Johnson also found resolve and courage from another source. Bud Johnson had been suffering with an ailing heart and he died on Christmas day of 1992. Randy, who was en route to see his father, missed the opportunity to say goodbye. Quote, from that day, from that day on, I got a lot more strength and determination to be the best player I could be, said Johnson. And not to get sidetracked and not look at things in games as pressure, but as challenges. What my dad went through was pressure. That was life and that was life and death. This is a game. So Johnson, um, from an external source, uh, an unfortunate source, he kind of, you know, gets this sort of second, uh, second wind and kind of reevaluates himself in a way. And uh, in 1993 and 1994, Randy Johnson is starting to make the fix that had been ailing him throughout his career thus far, as we're talking about it. So in 1993, Johnson's walks per nine went from 6.2 all the way down to 3.5. And he improved so much that he was able to pitch in the all-star game, which is, uh, which is where Randy Johnson actually got, you know, even in 1993 before any Cy Youngs got maybe his easiest strikeout ever. Standing himself off, Johnson has had pitches clocked at as much as 102 miles per hour in Major League play. Now that, this ball uh, obviously just getting away from him, but watch the reaction of John Cruck. Would you say his heart is palpitating a bit? When the second half resumes on Thursday. <laughs> Look at the next step. I don't blame John one bit on his right leg. <laughs> He failed out again at the breaking point. He wants no part of Randy Johnson. None. Is no. it this kind of response? I don't think so. <laughs> you knew that was gone. John had no chance. <laughs> and Johnson works a one, two, three inning. Yeah, it's an unbelievable display of pitching right there. You know, you start in size, so you make them. More yeah, he's crowding the plate too much. You got to get him off and uh, establish that part of the strike zone. Yeah, what a what a classic crock right there. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, Johnson made his first uh, pitch his first innings in the uh, in the All Star game, and he was uh, about to set some milestones as well. On September twenty second, uh, Nolan Ryan pretty much his idol, pitched his final game of his career. This is when he tore his ligament. So three days later, the big unit donned number 34 in honor of uh, the Ryan Express, and he actually honored him with a, with a milestone that was pretty familiar to Mr. Nolan Ryan. 
sitting right on the precipice of history is Randy, and the fans can smell it. They are up standing, ready to explode should Randy Johnson slip a strike by Ruben Sierra. The 2-2 pitch, swag and a miss, and he's done it! Randy Johnson has 322,751 saluting the big guy here on Sunday afternoon, closing day at the Kingdome as he becomes only the eighth man in American League history to strike out 300 or more batters. My, oh my, congratulations. It was pretty interesting when I I, uh, I went into the video without any context and I saw him wearing number 34. And I, I was going to say, like, did you have that information before or after you saw the video? Uh, yeah, I saw the video. I saw number 34 and I was like, something something's up here so i uh i looked it up and got the information but yeah um that's that was pretty funny and you know it makes a lot of sense i think johnson johnson had a good relationship with nolan ryan too so it makes a lot of sense um johnson uh in the year 1993 ended up finishing fourth in innings pitched with 255 and a third innings pitched Second in FIP with a 3.05, eighth in ERA with a 3.24, and ninth in ERA plus with a 135. Johnson led the league in hits per nine with 6.5, strikeouts with 308, and strikeouts per nine with 10.9. And Johnson finished fifth in baseball reference war, and he led the league in F4 thanks to his innings and his fifth uh and johnson also ended up finishing second in the cy young vote and 24th in the mvp vote and his 1993 is the only season in baseball history with 306 plus uh strikeouts less than 100 walks less than 190 hits allowed and 10 plus complete games one thing that should be noted about his 1993 season, uh, I don't know if you knew this, Chris, but um, in the very last game of the season against the Minnesota Twins, Randy Johnson played one inning in left field. Oh. Yeah. yeah. In the very last game, if you go to his like standard fielding statistics on baseball reference, you'll just see a one next to left field. And uh, it was on the last day of the season. Neither team was going anywhere. I'm guessing someone got hurt. But uh, the coolest part about that is I'm pretty sure to this day, he remains the tallest position player in baseball history. That, yeah, that's pretty hilarious. Cause everyone, uh, everyone 6'10 or, or higher was a, was a pitcher. Everyone yeah. Around him. So that's pretty, yeah, he, he played, I don't think there's any video of it, but he definitely played an inning in left field uh, in game 162 in Minnesota. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty funny. Maybe, maybe that's one of the places I go in uh in the time machine <laughs> last game of the 1993 mariners season yeah but as we head in now we head into the mid 90s 1994 where unfortunately for johnson in his first nine starts he put up a 572 era 8.3 strikeouts per nine and 5.6 walks per nine through 56 and two-thirds innings pitch so maybe maybe people at this point were thinking that the 1993 uh, Cy Young runner-up season was a fluke. But Johnson silenced that doubt by doing what he did in his next 14 starts, 
which was post a 195 ERA, 11.9 strikeouts per nine, and 2.9 walks per nine through 115 and a third innings pitch. And the player's strike of 1994 shortened his season at 23 starts. And he ended up finishing seventh in the innings pitch with 172, fifth in ERA with, three, with a 3.19, and fifth in ERA plus with a 152. And he led the league in complete games with nine in a strike-shortened season, shutouts with four, strikeouts with 204, strikeouts per nine with 10.7, and FIP with a 3.18. And Johnson also finished third in B-War, and he led the league once again in Fangraph's War. Despite that tough start. Despite that tough start. He brought it back. He led the league in FIP, and therefore pretty much pretty much leads you to leading the league in F-War. And Johnson finished third in the Cy Young vote, and uh, it is the only season in baseball history – with 200 plus strikeouts, less than 134 hits allowed, less than 75 walks, and nine plus complete games. Thank you, Strike. So now, yes, shout out to the Strike, giving me a nice how about that? Because who knows if that season rolls on, if we if we can get anything of that out of that 1994 season. So now we get to the point in Randy Johnson's career where uh, the team he's playing on. Uh, reaches the the team he's playing on their success reaches the success of randy johnson himself this is one of my favorite teams of all time so i'm really honored to get to to get to mention this team once again on this show in 1995 through august 2nd randy johnson was having yet another excellent season with an 11 and 2 record and a 3.03 era but the team was 43 and 46 with 13 games back of the division leaders with the threat uh, of the team moving looming more than ever you know if the Mariners didn't make the playoffs they didn't get the city excited they were off to maybe Arizona maybe Tampa they were going somewhere that wasn't Seattle after that point the Mariners won nine out of nine in Johnson's next starts where Johnson had a 6-0 and record with a 1-5-1 ERA the Mariners went 36-20 and as a team in that span but they still needed an extra game to decide the division against the California Angels whom which they had a Massive comeback against. They were down seven and a half games at one point uh, in September. And with Johnson on enough rest, the decision for starting pitcher uh, of that game was very easy. And the unit showed exactly why in game 163. Or not game 163, but the last game. 145. Yeah, 145. The unforgettable game 145 of 1995. (laughs) This is the story... Randy Johnson, 17-2, and they are 26-3 in his 29 starts, Joe. Figure Chili Davis and Salmon have a chance, but the left-handers are going to have to contribute something as well. Struck him out. The bat ends up at shortstop. Randy Johnson has retired the side. Strike three call. With 86, even though he was on the disabled list for three weeks. That one has hit well. Deep center. Griffey back. There. He's got it. The slider got him swinging. Struck him out. I mean, 
it doesn't get much better than this. And it's also up. That's the key. You cannot hit a 98-mile-an-hour fastball up. through the sheer force of its will to create another strikeout for Johnson. Slider! Strike three call! Strike three! When a guy is throwing 99 miles an hour, it's hard to lay off. And you do not have a lot of time to decide whether that pitch is in the strike zone or not. This is definitely a ball, but you just do not have time to decide. Something that uh, I didn't realize there was a possibility of actually, and I looked it up as the uh, as the um, video was playing. He was pitching against the guy he was traded for, Mark Langston. <laughs> yep, he was. That's yeah. true. Yeah, uh, that that was the biggest game to that point in Mariners franchise history, and Randy Johnson shoved uh, pretty much saved the franchise with that start. And in the season, he ended up finishing fourth in innings pitch with 214 and a third. He led the league in winning percentage with a 900. That was an 18 and two record. Home runs per nine with 0.5. Hits per nine with 6.7. Strikeouts with 294. He almost hit 300 in a shortened season. Ks per nine with 12.3. Whip with 1.05. Strikeout to walk ratio with 4.5. How about him leading a, a strikeout to walk ratio uh, when that seemed impossible a few, a few years ago? FIP with a 208, ERA with a 248, and ERA plus with a 193. He led the league in B-War, and no one else in the American League was within four F-4 of Randy Johnson. Mind you, in a shortened season where it's it's harder to accumulate that much more wins above replacement. He won the Cy Young and finished sixth in the MVP vote. And up to that point of the season, this was the most Ks per nine in a qualifying season. It remains the only season in baseball history with 290-plus strikeouts, less than 160 hits allowed, less than 70 walks, and less than 15 home runs allowed. 
It is also the only season in baseball history with 214 plus innings pitched, 12 plus strikeouts per nine, and an ERA plus of 190 or better. So now going into the postseason in game three with the Mariners down 2-0, uh, facing elimination, ultimate elimination, Johnson allowed two runs, four and four hits, strike, striking out 10 to give him his and his team the victory, 7-4. to four. And the Mariners won game four on an Edgar Martinez grand slam. And in game five with the game tied after reliever Norm Charlton allowed a double and a walk to start the top of the ninth, he was called upon to keep the game tied. He struck out future Hall of Famer Wade Boggs and then forced a pop-out to Bernie Williams and then a pop-out to Paul O'Neill to keep it tied. And with the game going into extras, he struck out the side in the 10th on a day's rest, single day's rest. He walked the leadoff batter in the 11th inning, and after he was moved the second to second on a bunt, he, that gave up, he gave up an RBI single to Randy Velarde, the next batter and intentionally walked one after and struck out the batter after to close out the inning and limit the damage. So he was in line to get the loss, but the Mariners ended up scoring two runs on the iconic Edgar Martinez double to win the game and advance to the ALCS. And in game three of that ALCS with the series tied, he allowed two runs, one being earned in eight innings, and he got a no decision as the Mariners beat the Cleveland Indians. Jay Buhner was also big in that game. And after the Mariners lost games four and five, Johnson allowed four runs with three of them being earned in 7.1 innings pitch with seven strikeouts and no walks in a four nothing loss. And that eventually eliminated the Mariners from World Series contention. But throughout the postseason, he put up a 2-4-9 ERA in 25 and a third innings pitched. And then in 1996, the Mariners needed to prove that they could do more than just go to the ALCS. And Randy Johnson was exceptional in his first four starts. He put up a 2-4-8 ERA in 29 innings pitched. But in his following four, he put up a 6-3-2 ERA in 15 and two-thirds innings pitched. And he ended up needing a major back surgery that held him out for nearly three months of the season. And he came back as a reliever uh, coming out of the bullpen in six games in August. And eventually he didn't pitch for the rest of the year. So... This was an injury-riddled season for Randy Johnson as he put up a 3.67 ERA, a 3.42 FIP, and 136 ERA plus in 61 in the third innings pitched. And he led the league in Ks per nine with pitchers with at least 60 innings pitched with 12.5. The Mariners went 85 and 76. This was not good enough to make the playoffs. But now in 1997, Randy Johnson is at uh, pretty much full health and ready to dominate the league like he did in 1995. And on June 24th, he struck out 19 batters and walked zero batters. Uh, good, good way to come back in a way. And after putting up a 2.20 ERA through the first half, he earned the start in the All-Star game where the eventual National League MVP introduced a new strategy for facing Randy Johnson. Mm -hmm. It's Larry Walker. <laughs> I told you it hit right-handed. We were talking about it before the game. He batted right-handed earlier in the year in batting practice. And here he is. He's going to face him right-handed. Why not? <laughs> Just turn it around. Why not? He looks like a catcher hitting. A lot of people don't remember that these two are former teammates coming up through the Expos organization. 
And now he's back to the left side. And <laughs> Walker is hitting 398 on the season. <laughs> and a two out walk. So Walker reaches base. <laughs> after that first oh, pitch, boy. it was like the flyby here right after the anthem. It's a big sight game here. Randy Johnson throws the ball over Larry Walker's head just like he did to John Crook. Nothing like uh, Larry Walker taking a walk. Yeah, exactly. engraving his name. Right, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, the strategy worked. I mean, 1,000 on-base percentage, yeah. 1,000 OPS as well. Uh, right. when when you implement that strategy against Randy Johnson, but I guess analytics were not as popular back in 1997. So we need to bring back stuff like that in the all-star game, like just doing stupid things that are fun. Yeah. Like that's the all-star game got ruined for a good 15 years when it was supposed to be com competitive, but now it's kind of cool again. Yeah. Like now we have Freddie Freeman, like mic'd up while facing Justin Verlander. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Cool. Great stuff. And now we're in, a, in an era where players can be a little more open than they were in uh, 1997. But anyway, uh, Johnson, after, after the All-Star break, was still dominating. And on August 8th, he struck out 19 batters and walked three batters in a complete game shutout. And his 1997 remains the only season in baseball history with multiple games with 19 plus strikeouts and less than four walks. And Johnson on the season ended up with a 2.28 ERA, 2.82 FIP, and a 197 ERA plus in 213 innings pitch. Didn't get better than that in terms of era plus so 1997 an extremely good year for mr johnson and he finished he finished second in fip era and era plus as uh roger clemens uh you know was on a revenge tour in toronto and was probably uh pumping himself up up with some stuff up at that point and johnson also led the league in winning percentage with an eight 33 winning percentage. He had a 20 and four record to uh, accumulate that. And Johnson also led the league in hits per nine with 6.2 and strikeouts per nine with 12.3. And he finished third in B war and third in F war. And he finished second in the Cy Young vote and 11th in the MVP vote. And his three games with 15 plus strikeouts and no runs allowed are the most such games in a season in baseball history. And with his 1995 and 1997 seasons, he is the only pitcher in baseball history with multiple seasons with 200 plus innings pitched, 12 plus strikeouts per nine, and an ERA plus of 190 or better. And his 1997 is the only season in baseball history with 290 plus strikeouts, less than 150 hits allowed, and 20 or fewer home runs allowed. 
And the Seattle Mariners went 90 and 72 and won the American League West to punch a ticket into the postseason. In that postseason, in game one of the ALDS, uh, Johnson allowed one run through the first four innings, then allowed four runs in the fifth inning and got the loss in a nine to three loss to the Orioles. And in game four, with the Mariners down two to one in the series, he allowed three runs in eight innings and struck out 13 while walking two, but he got the loss in a three to one defeat. And uh, that eliminated the Mariners from the postseason. So now we get into 1998 where he's not known for what he does in Seattle, but maybe he puts, maybe he becomes uh, the greatest player in, in Houston history, I guess, inning per inning. It's pretty crazy. We'll see. Johnson was heading into a contract year and the Mariners were hesitant to extend him because he was 34 and two years removed from back surgery. And they also had a lot of other people uh, to possibly, you know, get money with, uh, with A-Rod, with Edgar Martinez, with Griffey, and then with Randy. So one of them had to go at least. And Randy Johnson with his age and health issues ended up being that. Through July 28th, he put up a 433 ERA, a 335 FIP, and a 106 ERA plus in 160 innings pitched. With the Mariners having a 48-59 and 59 record at the trade deadline, Johnson was dealt to the NL Central leading Houston Astros for a player to be named later, Freddie Garcia and Carlos Guillen. When Jeff Bagwell uh, heard the news in a bar in Pittsburgh, he bought drinks for everyone at the bar, I, which I don't blame him. I'd be that excited if I got Randy Johnson on my team. And in his first start with Houston, he allowed two runs in seven innings. He struck out 12 and walked one to earn the victory. His two starts following were both complete game shutouts. Two starts later, he struck out 16 in a complete game shutout. And he ended up with a 128 ERA, 204 FIP, and a 322 ERA plus in 84 and a third innings pitched in 11 starts with the Houston Astros. Despite only spending four months in the NL, he finished, or no, in the AL, he finished third in the AL in strikeouts, which is hilarious. He ended up leading all of Major League Baseball in shutouts with six and strikeouts with 329. And across Major League Baseball, he finished fifth in innings pitched with a 244, with 244 and a third, and sixth in fielding independent pitching with a 290. And despite only spending two months in the National League, he finished 10th in NL in the NL in B-War, and he finished 7th in the NL Cy Young vote and 21st in the NL MVP vote. He probably could have gotten Cy Young votes in both leagues. Uh, I don't I know about I don't know about in the AL because his performance wasn't as good, but like if he if he pitched better, we could have seen that. Yeah, if he dropped that ERA down because they're not obviously not looking ERA, at FIP in 1998. If his ERA matched his FIP. Um... Yeah, he probably could have gotten Cy Young votes in both. For sure. So he finished seventh in the NL Cy Young and 21st in the NL MVP. And his 1998 stint with the Astros has the most B-War strikeouts and tied for the most shutouts for a National League season with less than 12 appearances. The Astros ended up going 102 and 60 on the season and 36 and 16 with Johnson on the roster winning the National League Central. So now he's in the postseason once again with a different team. And in game one of the National League Division Series, he allowed two runs on eight innings, but got the loss in a two-to-one uh, game against the Padres. 
And in game four of the NLDS, with the Astros down two to one in the series, he allowed two runs and uh, one of them being earned in six innings, but got the loss in a six to one loss, which the Astros eventually lost uh, in the series to the San Diego Padres, who eventually went to the World Series. Throughout that series, Johnson went 0-2 with a 193 ERA, 17 strikeouts and two walks in 14 innings pitched. Uh, so pretty clearly not his fault. Yeah. And uh, after the season, Johnson signed a four-year, $52 million contract with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I just realized I wasn't supposed to read any of that. <laughs> it's it's all good. I'll take. Uh, you want to? Yeah, you want to take 99. I'll take 99. Um, I I. I like completely blanked after seeing Jeff Bagwell because <laughs> like we were in the same still in the same season so I was like I'll keep it going yeah I I, uh, I put it in a, in a weird spot <laughs> I did not realize until I read 14 innings pitch I was like wait <laughs> uh, yeah I'll, I'll let you take 99 um so now we are heading into a uh into uh Johnson's four-year contract with the Arizona Diamondbacks and uh, at the very least Johnson fulfills his contract for sure from 1999 to 2002. Uh, in his second start Johnson provided the Diamondbacks their first ever 15 strikeout game. Remember this was a uh, this is a franchise that had only been around since 98. So not that surprising and on April 16th after a brawl with the Giants uh, it was clear that Randy Johnson still had to get, still had some getting used to, uh, in terms of his new team. Stoudemire still wants somebody. There's Randy Johnson, the big unit. He towers over everybody. Randy's got to change his cap. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> really bad thing was it fit. There you go. That looks better. Get that, get that D-backs hat on, Randy. I love how every clip of Randy Johnson is just something that makes you laugh. Yeah, it, it really is. It It's just... Uh, and none of it's, like, intended. Yeah, him doing regular things is still kind of hilarious. We've just his whole look because he's you know he's a crazy you know one of the most intimidating pitchers of all time this is the six foot ten being but then you know he puts on the wrong cap and it's just if if any if any other player did that it wouldn't be it, it would just be kind of uh, whatever you know yeah but um but uh yeah that was a, you know, that was that's a fun gift that also goes around baseball Twitter, as well. Johnson putting on the wrong cap, but uh, actually maybe it's ten, foreshadowing. Ten years later, it would be the correct cap. Uh, maybe maybe he saw into the future. Ten years later. Yeah. And in 1999, in Randy Johnson's final 19 starts, he put up a 1.79 ERA and a 5.8 strikeout to walk ratio in 151 innings pitch. He ended up leading the league in innings pitch with 271 and two thirds complete games with 12 strikeouts with, a, with 364 strikeouts per nine with 12.1 FIP with a 2.76 ERA with a 2.48 and ERA plus 
with a 184. Led the league in all those categories. And he led the league in both B-War and F-War. And he won his second Cy Young and finished 15th in the MVP vote. And now we get to, uh, to a point in the episode where, uh, you know, we, we have to be accountable. So uh, this is an above replacement radio correction. So on part one of episode 80, I stated that Nolan Ryan's 1973 had the record for games with 10 plus strikeouts. Most games with 10 plus strikeouts in a single season uh, where I said Nolan Ryan had 20 games with 10 plus strikeouts in 1973. But I regret to inform the audience that that was a false statement and rather that he had the record for most complete games with 10 plus strikeouts in a single season. And I did not realize I had the complete game game filter on StatHead. So with that information, we can now tell you as a podcast that Randy Johnson's 1999 tied Nolan Ryan's 1973 for the most games with 10 plus strikeouts with 23 such games. Again, this is a part of the episode that, you know, you never look forward to doing, but it's something we have to do as a show. So got to do it. I'm, um, you know, I'm glad I was able to right my wrongs here. And uh, I hope I respect that, it. I hope that a situation never has to come up like this again uh, with such a prestigious show. We take pride in our stats and we never want to get them wrong, but sometimes that just can't be the case. But back to the stats that I know are correct. Randy Johnson's 364 strikeouts in 1999 remained the fifth most in a single season in the modern era since 1900, by the way. That's, that's the modern era. And in his 1999 is the only season in the modern era with 350 plus strikeouts and 70 or fewer walks. And his 1999 is also the only season in baseball history with 250 plus innings pitch and 12 plus strikeouts per nine. How about that? And his 1999 is the only season in baseball history with 12 plus complete games and 12 plus strikeouts per nine. How about that? So the Diamondbacks went a hundred and 62 and won the national league west in their second ever year i'm gonna guess randy johnson had a big part part to do with that and in game one of the nlds after allowing four runs through the first four innings he allowed no hits and one walk in his next four innings Uh, then he loaded the bases and was taken out in the ninth and the reliever gave up a grand slam so Johnson ended up with seven runs charged to him in eight and a third innings pitch in an eight to four defeat to the New York Mets. And the Diamondbacks ended up losing the series in four games and Johnson did not get another opportunity to pitch. So uh, now we head into the new decade. The new millennium. The new millennium, 2000. Everyone... Uh, Everyone's, uh, you know, everyone writing dates in full MMYY year, year, year form um, is going to ha- 
takes some getting used to. They have to write a two now instead of a one. Um, and Randy Johnson didn't really make a difference for him. He was still dominating. Through his first 14 starts, he had an 11-1 record, a 1.40 ERA, and a 6.6 strikeout-to-walk ratio. And on September 10th, Randy Johnson celebrated his 37th birthday with a milestone. In the history of this game for 3,000. It's a pretty safe bet he realizes he's a strike away from baseball history. One and two on Mike Lowell and Johnson fires, swung on and missed a fastball at 97 miles per hour. And on this, his 37th birthday, Randy Johnson becomes the 12th pitcher in Major League history to strike out 3,000 batters. He walks back to the dugout, receiving a standing ovation from the crowd here in Miami. So Randy Johnson strikes out 2007 World Series MVP Mike Lowell uh, to get number 3,000. First of many career accomplishments for Randy Johnson. He definitely was not done. In fact, In 2000, he ended up finishing third in innings pitch with 248 and two-thirds and second in ERA with 2.64. And he led the league in winning percentage with a 731. That was a 19-7 and record to compile that 731 winning percentage. He also led the league in complete games with eight, shutouts with three, strikeouts with 347, strikeouts per nine with 12.6, FIP with a 2.53, and ERA+. plus with a 181 and he led the league in both B war and F war. And with that won his third Cy Young and finished 17th in the MVP vote and his 23 games with 10 plus strikeouts. I can inform you now tied Nolan Ryan's 1973 and Randy Johnson's 1999 for the most such games in a single season and his 19 games with 11 plus strikeouts remained the most in a single season since game logs started being recorded that was in 1901 correct uh yes since 1901 yep when game longs being were being recorded and i think it's safe to say baseball history uh but you know we're not going to assume things i know uh i know hugh daly was you know putting together those those uh, 11 strikeout games back in back in 1884 along with old hoss and pud galvin yeah so we can never be so sure. But, you know, when I say since game logs started being recorded, you can also assume it's probably baseball history, especially when it's, you know, single game strikeout marks. But, you know, if you know what they say about assuming, Daniel. Um, but unfortunately, the Diamondbacks in 2000 went 85 and 77 and missed the playoffs. So now on to 2001 very memorable year for Johnson and the Diamondbacks in spring training. uh, Randy Johnson actually, unfortunately for him uh, had a strike taken away. Uh, You don't see this very often. He had a, he had a strike taken away due to some fan interference.
So, yeah, un unfortunately for Randy, a, a fan came onto the field and uh, got in the way of what could have been a strike. So, you know, he's lucky he's that fan's very lucky it was only spring training because that, that's like an arrestable offense uh, that's going to be a lot more prominent in the regular season. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, he's very, very lucky. And, um, you know, this is part of the episode. You have to get a you have to talk about the triumphs of uh, Randy Johnson. He had to get over, you know, such a tragic thing. Mm -hmm. For those, for those just listening, he uh, he just killed a dove with a baseball. That was uh, yeah. the fa the famous video. But you probably um, you probably knew that already. Yeah, <laughs> two thousand one. If you didn't know the year that, that happened on the exact date that one of my best friends was born. That's pretty hilarious. March twenty fourth. <laughs> March twenty fourth. You know who you are if you're listening. And in Randy Johnson's eighth start, uh, he needed six strikeouts to pass Bob Gibson for 11th all time in strikeouts. So we'll see if he can get to that mark. The Diamondbacks, the 37 year old native of Walnut Creek, California, Randy Johnson. Strike three call, fastball belt high inside corner. One and two to Larkin. Strike him out. Just blew. check swing and he went around. Decent amount. Here's one more, by the way. And there it is. Three thousand one hundred and seventeen strikeouts for Randy Johnson. Get him inning and he does six strikeouts and he's all by himself now. Eleventh all time. Swing and a miss, and the ball gets away from Miller, and Sadler doesn't even bother to run down to first base. Swing and a miss by Castro. Strike him out, and the bat goes flying all the way down to Ron Oster, the third base coach. Johnson fans aside. Swing and a miss, and Ochoa gone on strikes. That is number 10 for Randy Johnson. 3-2 to reach. Strike him out of the slack. See you later. 12th strikeout of the game by Johnson. And struck him out for the third straight time. One and two on Ochoa. See you later. Slider in the dirt. It's away from middle. But he'll throw on down to Grace. Randy Johnson with 14 strikeouts.
So Johnson in nine innings gets 20 strikeouts. And uh, for some reason, I, I think some people don't recognize it as a 20 strikeout game, but he did get it done in nine innings. So there you have it. And come. I, I don't know. I've, I've heard that's the case, but it might not be the case. I don't, I'm not sure. Weird. But Johnson remains the only pit, the, uh, he remains the oldest pitcher in the history of game logs and presumably baseball history to strike out 17 plus batters in a single game. And on August 23rd, uh, Randy Johnson created his own. How about that? Uh, which the, uh, which, which the uh, announcers will mention he created a how about that in the most epic way possible. And when he gets those three strikeouts, it will be the first time in major league history that a pitcher has done that in four consecutive seasons. Slider on the inside corner. And the way he's going, he's going to get 13 tonight. And there is number 11. And Johnson fires. A roller foul of the third baseline. I can't make a single mistake as it's 0-2. The 0-2 to Matthews. Swing and a miss. And that is the 12th of the game for Randy Johnson. Strike one to Jack Wilson. Swing and a miss. And Randy Johnson now ahead 0-2. <laughs> that little slide. Just a little get me over slide on the outside part of the plate. Johnson fanned a side in the first, one in the second, the side in the third, one in the fourth, two in the fifth, the first two in the sixth, and here's the 0-2. And Randy Johnson has become the first pitcher in Major League history to strike out 300 batters in four consecutive seasons. And he strikes out the side in the inning on nine pitches. Wow. So there you have it. I don't have to bring out the uh, the button myself or search for it myself. Um, the only pitcher to have four consecutive 300 strikeout seasons did that. Did that from uh, 98 to 01. 98 to 01. And uh, yeah, thanks. Shout out to Tom Brenneman for giving us that statistic. And I'm sure I'm sure he has a great future in broadcasting going for decades beyond 2001. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's, he's got a great home run call, so. I'd, I would probably, I think he prides himself and considers himself a man of faith. Yeah, it, I, would, I would agree with that for sure. So, <laughs> Johnson, on September 27th, about a month after, getting his 300th strikeout. He struck out 16 batters in six and two-thirds innings pitch, and it is the only game in the history of game logs with 16-plus strikeouts and less than in, in less than seven innings pitched. So we got 20 outs, 16 of them being strikeouts. And in 2001, he ended up finishing second in innings pitch with 249 and two-thirds innings pitch. Led the league. He led the league in hits per nine with 6.5. Led the league in strikeouts with 372. Strikeouts per nine with 
whip with a 1.01 fip with a 2.13 era with a 2.49 and era plus with a 188 and he led the league in both b war he led the league in, in baseball reference war and no one in major league baseball was within three fan graphs wins of overplacement and with all of that johnson won his fourth Cy young and he finished 11th in the mvp vote and his 23 games with 10 plus strikeouts tied nolan ryan's 1973 season and Randy Johnson's 1999 and 2000 seasons for the most such games uh, in a single season. And his four games with 16 plus strikeouts are the most such games in a single season. Also his 372 strikeouts remain the third most in a single season in the modern era. And after Pedro Martinez broke uh, Randy Johnson's single season strikeouts per nine record in 1999. Johnson reset that record in 2001 and that record stood until 2019 and it remains fourth all time and second all time in non 2020 seasons, you know, because qualifying seasons is just one inning per uh, team game played and it's easier to qualify in a 60 game season. And Johnson's 2001 remains the only season in the modern era with 350 plus strikeouts, less than 75 walks, and less than 20 home runs. It also remains the only season in baseball history with 220 plus innings pitched and 13 plus strikeouts per nine. It is also the only season in baseball history with 100 plus innings pitched, 13.4 plus strikeouts per nine, and an ERA below 2.5. And it is also the only season in baseball history with 350 plus strikeouts and less than 200 hits allowed. And lastly, it is the only season in baseball history with 350 plus strikeouts and less than 70 earned runs allowed. And the Diamondbacks went 92 and 70 and they won the National League West. So now it's time for the 01 postseason. And uh, by the way, you can get into the story of the 2001 Diamondbacks on episode 37 of what was then the show to be named later, what's now Above Replacement Radio, where we covered the 2001 Diamondbacks. And in game two of the National League Division Series, with the Diamondbacks up one nothing in the series to the Cardinals, Johnson allowed three runs in eight innings and got the loss in a 4-1 to defeat. And the Diamondbacks, luckily for uh, him, Diamondbacks eventually won that series in five games. Shout out to Tony Womack. Yes. Shout out to uh shout out to him. And in game one of the NLCS, Johnson was facing off against Greg Maddox, and he needed a strong performance to earn the victory. Johnson, who on the year was 21 and 6. And the two pitchers today have 457 career wins between them. 
Here's a 3-2 pitch to a... Should end the top of the first. Mark Grace searching for it in the roof. Here's an 0-2. One away. Three pitches. Strikeout number two for Randy Johnson. Except in 97, his year with the Yankees, that was the year they were bounced out of the playoffs by the Indians. Here, Ray Sanchez is gone. Strikeout number three for Johnson. He looks like he's on. That's bad news for Atlanta. Two strikes, one out, nobody on. Maddox is gone, two outs. Strikeout number four for Randy Johnson. Left side, tricky hop, good play by Matt Williams and a quick and easy third inning for Randy Johnson. That has been the captain of this incredible ship on this incredible ride. We have to allow the audience to mull it over for a while. Jordan hits one into left center field, Finley on the run. He's there and another one, two, three inning for Randy Johnson. They get to applaud the sixth strikeout of the day for Randy Johnson. A little different mood at the old Bank One ballpark today. A pop-up right on the infield. Who wants to find this one? Matt Williams, and everybody's thrilled that he wanted to make that play. On base. Plain and simple. They do not beat Oakland if Jeter doesn't make that play. Giles goes the opposite way. Well hit. Back is Sanders at the wall. A leap and a catch. And for the second time in this game, inning over 19 straight, retired by Randy Johnson. Here's a 2-2. Third time Jones has struck out, ninth on the day for Randy Johnson. Inning over. Randy Johnson dominates and obviously uh, obviously gets the win. And he ended up with a complete game shutout on three hits, one walk, and 11 strikeouts in a game that the uh, Diamondbacks would win two to nothing. And in game five of the NLCS, with the Diamondbacks up, 3-1 in the series. He allowed two runs in seven innings and got the win in a 3-2 victory, which advanced the Diamondbacks to their first ever World Series. And in game two of the World Series, which is where Johnson got the start, with the Diamondbacks up 1-0 in the series, Johnson looked to continue his winning streak against the reigning champion, New York Yankees. So far in this postseason, 2-1 and one with a fantastic ERA. And vying to win his fourth Cy Young Award, and he could do it this year. He led the National League in earned run average with a 2.49 mark. A 1-2. Got it. Another 2-2 pitch. Foul tip, struck him out. He brushed the moth off, and now his 3-2 pitch to Williams. Got him. All away. 
number four. Four tonight in the World Series, and now five. Two up. Struck out the side. One out. Two out, strikeout number nine. One out. To the left side, Williams. Council, inning over. Two out. His 111th pitch of the night is his last. Diamondbacks win it four to nothing. They're up two games to none. So Johnson with another complete game in the playoffs and pretty much had the exact same line that he did in game one of the NLCS against Greg Maddox. He ended up with a complete game shutout on three hits, one walk, and 11 strikeouts in a 4 to nothing win. And with this performance and his NLCS Game 1 performance, he remains the only pitcher to have multiple games with a 90-plus game score in the same postseason. And the Diamondbacks, uh, unfortunately for them, lost the next three games of the series and Johnson was called on to stop the bleeding and save the season for the Diamondbacks, and he allowed two runs in seven innings on 104 pitches and got the win in a 15-2 victory, moving them on to Game 7. And the next day, the Diamondbacks were – the very next day, the Diamondbacks were uh, down 2-1 to one in the ball game to the New York, New York Yankees. And uh, lefty Paul O'Neill, left-handed batter, Paul O'Neill was due up with three switch hitters slash lefties behind him and a righty on the mound. So manager Bob Brenly brought on his best lefty to get four outs, which was the day after he pitched 104 pitches. Johnson, who has pitched 11 games in his career in relief. Had a very deep bullpen here in the eighth inning. Into right field off the bat of Knobloch. And Williams flies one to shallow center. One out. To the left side, Womack circles it. Throws. Got it. Two out. Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson, the one-two punch for Arizona. Giving the Yankees all they can handle. Posada strikes out to send this game seven into the bottom of the ninth. Last chance for the Diamondbacks. So Randy Johnson with a key and a very major key uh Relief appearance once again in the playoffs. One, four batters faced, four batters down. And after he completed the ninth, the Diamondbacks scored two runs, uh, the last one on a Texas leaguer by Luis Gonzalez, which gave Randy Johnson 
the win for game seven and gave the Diamondbacks and Randy Johnson each their first World Series. Throughout the postseason, Johnson put together a 5-1 record, a 1.52 ERA, 439 OPS against, 47 strikeouts, 8 walks, and 2 home runs allowed in a 41 and a third innings pitch. His 2001 postseason has the fourth highest win probability added in a single postseason and tied for the second most strikeouts and tied for the most wins in a single postseason. So now on to the final year of this run of dominance. So Randy Johnson and the Diamondbacks had to follow up the incredible stuff they did in 01. And well, Randy Johnson did his part. On April 21st and September 14th, he struck out 17 batters each. And those games, along with his 20 strikeout game in 01, remained the only games with 17 plus strikeouts by a pitcher in their age 37 season or older. He also had three games with 16 plus strikeouts and no earned runs allowed, which are the most such games in a season by a pitcher of any age. He ended up leading the league in wins with 24, winning percentage with an 828, complete games with eight, innings pitch with 260, strikeouts with 334, strikeouts per nine with 11.6, and he finished second in FIP with a 266 after leading the league in ERA with a 232 and ERA plus with a 195. He led the league in B-War and finished second in F-War. He also joined Roger Clemens as the only pitchers to win five or more Cy Youngs, and he finished seventh in the MVP vote. He, his, his 334 strikeouts and 10.7 B-War are the most in a single season by a pitcher in their age 38 season or older. His 11.69 his 11.6 Ks per nine are the most in a qualifying season by a pitcher in their age 38 season or older. And this 02 season is the only since the legendary 1884 season of Old Hoss Radborn with with 320 plus strikeouts and an ERA of 190 or better. And that's Gary, probably the most Gary impressive Walsh. stat ever. I mean, if we're talking about the one and only 60-win season with a 138 ERA, you know we mean business. Yes, e- ERA plus, by the way. Sorry, too. I say ERA? Yeah. Ah. Well, then. It is very the only very season, good either way. It is the only season in baseball history with 330-plus strikeouts and less than 68 earned runs allowed. Oh, whoops. Missed the button. The Diamondbacks went 98 and 64 and won the NL West. And unfortunately, it wasn't a very uh, fun postseason for them. In game one of the National League Division Series, uh, Randy Johnson allowed six runs, five of them earned, in six innings and got the loss 12 to 2 to the Cardinals. That would be his only appearance as the Diamondbacks ended up getting swept. Um, but this does not take away at all from the amazing four year run of Randy Johnson from 1999 to 2002. Um, He averaged 258 innings pitched, a 20 and seven record, eight complete games, three shutouts, 354 strikeouts per year, 9.5 B war and 9.4 F war per year with 12.4 strikeouts per nine, a 4.9 strikeout to walk ratio, a 2.53 FIP, 
2.48 ERA and a 187 ERA plus. And from 1999 to 2002, he led the league in innings, wins, complete games, shutouts, strikeouts, strikeouts per nine, B-war, and F-war. So he was clearly the best to do it from 99 to 2002. And also a side note, I was looking at some other great four-year stretches um, as of as of late. His baseball reference war uh, outdoes uh, Maddox from 92 to 95, even in the per 162 game stretch. Uh, and because uh, it was a strike, he played in some strike shortened years. Uh, it outdoes P- Pedro Martinez's 1997 to 2000. Outdoes Sandy Koufax's 1963 to 1966. And then if you go to F War, his. Uh, his 1999 to 2002 outdoes like Walter Johnson's 1912 to 1915. Wow. Pretty crazy. So I didn't go through every four-year stretch, but it's very possible that this is the most F4 in a four-year run in uh, baseball history. But I did not go through every four-year stretch in baseball history as that would have taken forever. But it's very possible. Um, and in these four years, Randy Johnson struck out 1,417 batters. No one else had more than 1,000 over this four-year stretch, uh, and he had over 1,400. Also, his four seasons with 240-plus innings pitch and an ERA plus of 180 or better are the most by a pitcher in their age 35 season or older, and no one else has more than two. And with these four seasons, he owns the only four seasons since 1884 by a pitcher in their age 35 season or older with 320 plus strikeouts. He also owns the only four seasons by a pitcher in their age 35 season or older with 240 plus innings pitch and 11 plus strikeouts per nine. And Johnson also remains the only pitcher in baseball history with multiple seasons with 320 plus strikeouts and less than 80 walks. And he had four such seasons consecutively. So that is, that is how good that four year stretch really was. Uh, I need to, we need to shift away from something. We had some breaking news uh, from our, from friend of the program, Jeff Passan. We don't have to get too much into this, but I thought I'd let you know. The Toronto Blue Jays, they've been very active lately uh, in the free agent market, and now they're dipping their toes into the trade market. Uh, they are finalizing a trade to acquire Mets starter Steven Matz uh, for three prospects. Huh. So, uh, you know, the Blue Jays and Mets, they have a history of, of trades where the Mets send a pitcher over to Toronto for a bunch of prospects, and uh, Steven Matz is joining that list. Would you look at that? Would you yeah. Talking, talking. Speaking left-handed. of left-handed pitchers. Yeah. Shout out to Steven Matz. Yeah. We'll, we'll have a more in-depth breakdown of that. Uh, I like that move for the Blue Jays though, actually. And um, for sure, they need starting pitching for sure. Yes. I want to, I'm going to hype this up forever, but I'm going to do an entire segment on the one dimensionality of Robbie Ray, another left-handed pitcher. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, so now we get into Randy Johnson's 2003, and this is what may have seemed like at the beginning of the end. Before the season, he signed a two-year, $32 million extension with the Diamondbacks, which seems like a no-brainer. 
and he put up a 6.94 ERA in his first four starts and then got arthroscopic knee surgery that kept him off a major league mound for almost three months. When he came back, he made 14 starts and uh, had a 3.57 ERA and a 3.72 FIP in 90 and two-thirds innings pitched. And the Diamondbacks ended up going 84 and 78 and missed the playoffs. So not the most exciting season in, for Randy Johnson in 03, but he got back on schedule in 04. On May 18th, at the age of 40, Randy Johnson looked to accomplish something in a single game that not even he had done yet. Game time at Turner Field. Randy Johnson is ready to throw the rubber. Jesse Garcia leads it off against him. That one bunted. And Hillenbrand going to make the tag. Here's the 0-2 pitch. Going in a miss, strike three. There's one. 2-2 pitch. And the inning is over. High drive. One out. Tony Estrada, pretty good hitter when he's got two strikes on him. Strikeout number three. Four strikeouts in the game for the big throw. So Randy Johnson, at the ripe age of 40, throws a no-hitter. Who said he was washed? And he remains the only pitcher, uh, the oldest pitcher, to throw a perfect game and the only pitcher older than 37 to throw one. And his accomplishments were for, the, for the year weren't done yet. On June 29th, he was looking to join Nolan Ryan, Steve Carlton, and Roger Clemens on a list. Randy Johnson... A perfect game. And now 4,000. 
So Randy Johnson with his 4,000th career strikeout, only the fourth pitcher of all time to do it. And on the year, he ended up finishing second in ERA plus with a two with 245 and two thirds ERA with a 260. He also led the league in hits per nine with a two, uh, with a 6.5, WHIP with a .9, strikeouts with 290, FIP with a 230, and ERA plus with a 176. He also led the league in BWAR and FWAR. The Diamondbacks scored 3.6 runs per game, and Johnson that Johnson started in 2004, which made him 16 and 14 with a win-loss record. And largely due to that, he finished second in the Cy Young vote, which is quite a shame. He also finished 19th in the MVP vote. His four games with 14 plus strikeouts are the most in a season by a pitcher age 40 or older. His six his six point six K to walk ratio remains the highest in a qualifying season by a pitcher in their age forty season or older. This is also the only season by a pitcher in their age forty season or older with two hundred fifty plus strikeouts and less than fifty walks. And his five seasons with eight plus B WAR from nineteen ninety nine on remain the most by a pitcher in their age thirty five season on. Uh, but unfortunately, Randy Johnson was that meme where there's like the sports car in the really terrible house. The Diamondbacks went 51 and 111 uh, for the worst record in baseball. That's the same record as the 2013 Astros for those keeping track at home. After the season, he was traded to the New York Yankees for Brad Halsey, Deanna Navarro, and Javier Vasquez. Deanna Navarro, by the way, going to get some mentions in tomorrow's show. Yeah. And then Johnson signed a two-year extension with the New York Yankees. And uh, Johnson was now in a different jersey, and he was also a different unit in a way. Uh, in 2005, in his eighth start of the season, he pitched six innings, allowed three earned runs, and struck out zero batters. And this was his 497th career appearance. And it was his first with four-plus innings pitched and zero strikeouts. So maybe this was a different stage of Randy Johnson's career. The man was 41. And he ended up with a 3.79 ERA, 3.78 FIP, 112 ERA plus, 211 strikeouts, 8.4 strikeouts per nine, and a 4.5 strikeout to walk ratio in 225 and two-thirds innings pitched. And he finished fifth in innings pitched, eighth in FIP, fifth in strikeout to walk ratio, fourth in strikeouts per nine, and second in strikeouts. And Johnson finished second in B-War and fourth in F-War. And it is the only season by a pitcher in their age 41 season or older with 220 plus innings pitched and a, and a strikeout to walk ratio of 4.4 or better. It is also the only season by a pitcher in their age 40, in their age 41 season or older with 200 plus strikeouts and less than 50 walks. So even in a down year, he's, setting records for himself, doing stuff that only he could do. Uh, and the Yankees, 
succeeded as they usually did in the late 90s and 2000s by going 95 and 67 and winning the American League East. And in game three of the ALDS, with the series tied, uh, Johnson allowed five runs in three innings and got the no decision while the Yankees lost 11 to seven to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And in game five of the ALDS, after the Yankees starter allowed five runs in two and two thirds innings pitch, Johnson came in relief and retired the first seven batters he saw and actually ended up not allowing a run through four and a third innings pitch. Uh, but the Yankees ended up losing the game and therefore the series. So that was Randy Johnson's 2005. It, that was also the year that uh, Randy Johnson famously gave up back-to-back-to-back home runs to the eventual World Series champion, Chicago White Sox. Yes, we went, we, uh, went over that in uh, episode 33. We did. One of, the, or one of the earliest history episodes we had. Yeah, in our infancy. That was the first episode, actually, where we decided to uh, highlight what we were talking about. I buy that. Yeah. How how about that? (laughs) That's a real how about that. So now we move on to 2006, Randy Johnson's age 42 season. And he was kind of showing signs of of being the traditional 42-year-old still kicking around. He put up a five-flat ERA with a 427 FIP and a 90 ERA plus and 205 innings pitched. He did still finish eighth in strikeouts with 172 and the Yankees went 97 and 65 for the best record in the American league. But in game three of the ALDS with the series tied, he allowed five runs in five and two thirds innings pitched and got the loss six to nothing to the Detroit Tigers. The Yankees ended up losing game four and therefore the series. And after the 2006 season, Johnson was traded with cash back to the Arizona Diamondbacks for Alberto Gonzalez, Steven Jackson, Ross Ollendorf and Luis Vizcaino. Shout out to Ross Ollendorf for bringing back the the 1890s windup. Yep, yep. That is the only that is the only thing I remember from him. So now he's actually uh, getting some production back as he goes back to his Arizona home. In 2007, he had back surgery in the offseason and didn't make it on an MLB mound in a start until April 24th. He only made 10 starts that year where he put up a 3.81 ERA, a 320 FIP, 125 ERA plus, and 56.2 innings pitched. This is the only season by a pitcher in their age 43 season or older with 50 plus innings pitched and 11 plus strikeouts per nine. It is also the only season by a pitcher in their age 41 season or older with 70 plus strikeouts and less than 15 walks. The Diamondbacks eventually went to the NLCS, but Randy Johnson wasn't healthy enough for the playoffs. And now for his final, final good season, final quality season of his career at the ripe age of 44 in 2008, uh, in his final start of the year, uh, Randy Johnson pitched the only game by a pitcher 45 or older with nine plus strikeouts and less than three hits allowed. And Johnson on the season ended up with a 391 ERA, 376 FIP, and a 118 ERA plus in 184 innings pitched. And he finished sixth uh, on the season in strikeouts per nine with 8.5 and third 
in strikeout-to-walk ratio with 3.9. And he had four games with six-plus strikeouts and no walks. No other pitcher, 44 or older, has had more than two such games in a season. And his 2009 or 2008, the only season by a pitcher in their age 44 season or older with 180 plus innings pitch and eight plus strikeouts per nine. And it is the only season by a pitcher in their age 44 season or older with 180 plus innings pitch and a, and a three plus strikeout to walk ratio. Also, it is the only season by a pitcher in their age 44 season or older with 150 plus strikeouts and less than 50 walks. And the Diamondbacks went 82 and 80 and missed the playoffs. And after the season, Johnson was a 45 year old free agent and he signed a one year deal with the San Francisco Giants, sort of going back home to North, uh, Northern California. Yeah. So Randy Johnson had one milestone left in him because he came into the season with 295 career wins. And during his first 10 starts, despite a 571 ERA, he went, he went, or he was four and four. And uh, you know what that means on June 4th, he looked to get his 300th career win. Two hundred ninety nine and one hundred and sixty four against the Montreal Washington franchise. He's four and three with a two point nine nine ERA. The franchise that signed him to his first professional contract. He's ahead of Alberto Gonzalez. Will the thrill Bobby Witt out of the University of Texas. Barry Larkin bonds out of Arizona State. And Randy Johnson after going three and oh on Adam Dunn battles back to strike him out. 90 mile an hour action there, and it's 0-2 quickly. Burns his fan 30 times this year, and Randy Johnson rings him up. Two strikeouts in the second inning. That's ah, 3-0. I'm getting my work in. Threw it right down Broadway. He crushed it. Home run. No such luck for Zimmerman. AssonSports.com with live game blogs. Oh, look at that play. Emmanuel Burris. A 4-6-3 double play. That was remarkable. Oh, but you're down by a couple, and Manny Acta needs some offense here. Anderson Hernandez off the glove of Randy Johnson. Collects himself, almost throws the ball away, and Ishikawa made a fine play. And here's the big unit. Knocks it down with his glove, and then he makes a terrific feed over to Ishikawa at first base. Watch this. That's a big man. Timber, 6'10", wow. 45, and still getting it done. He pulls oh. him out! <laughs> Tim Timmons! And Adam Dunn cannot believe it. Randy Johnson pitches six great innings and wins number 300.
join Steve Carlton, Tim Keith, Christy Mathewson, Gaylord Perry, Warren Spahn, and Mickey Welch. They all won their 300th game wearing a Giants uniform. So Randy Johnson gets his 300th career victory, and he ended up making six more starts on the season, then moved to the bullpen and made five relief appearances. And his 2009 is the only season by a pitcher in their age 45 season or older with 85 plus strikeouts and less than 40 walks. And after this season, it would be it for Randy Johnson. He retired from his tremendous career in baseball. So now we're going to look into the post-career of Randy Johnson. In 2015, when I was in eighth grade, he was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame on his first ballot, on a loaded ballot, might I add, with 97.3% of the vote. After retiring, he went into photojournalism and his About Me page on his website says, quote, my career as a Major League Baseball pitcher has been well-documented, but what is not well-known is my passion for photography which began when I studied photojournalism at the University of Southern California from 1983 to 85. Baseball became my occupation for two decades, but my love of photography never left. Following my 2010 retirement, I was able to focus my attention back to this passion. Thanks to the people I got to meet during my baseball career, I've been fortunate to have unique opportunities in photography. I've gotten to talk and learn from some of the best photographers in different fields. My world travels have allowed me to capture various rarities from the beauty of many African safaris to motorsports to, to multiple major music artists. Along the way, my work has been featured in publications such as Rolling Stone, Spin, and Metal Hammer. My concert photography has even found its way into tour programs, posters, books, and websites. Photography is has taken me on an amazing journey, but it's only just beginning. I look forward to visiting many places I've never been, shooting things I've never seen, and getting better each and every day. And with this, uh, with this passion, he's made multiple trips to visit troops in Afghanistan, and he's raised over a million dollars for cystic fibrosis charities, which is, that's called using your platform for good, uh, last I checked. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to get into some of the all-time ranks. Uh, for Randy Johnson. His five Cy Young Awards are the second most ever, second to Roger Clemens with seven. His nine seasons leading the league in strikeouts are the third most uh, amount of seasons in baseball history, and his six seasons leading the league in hits per nine, seven uh, leading in B-War, and nine times leading in Ks per nine are the second most in baseball history. 24th uh, in career ERA plus with a 135, 22nd in wins with 303, 9th in pitcher B-War, 5th in pitcher F-War, 4th in Ks per 9 with 10.6, and 2nd in strikeouts with 4,875. He was rather close to the 5,000 strikeout mark. Yeah. Also among lefties, he is 6th in ERA plus, 5th in wins, 2nd in pitcher B-War, 2nd in Ks per 9, 1st in F-War, and first in strikeouts. Uh, his ERA plus ranks sixth among innings among pitchers with 4,000 plus innings pitched. And he is the all-time leader in Ks per nine among pitchers with 2,500 plus innings pitched. Yes. Uh, shout out to, uh, I believe, Max Scherzer, you Darvish, and Chris Sale for yep. qualifying for the career strikeout per, strikeouts per nine record. Um, but yeah. they have not. Hugh Darvish, Hugh Darvish, the all-time leader with 11.1, yep. I believe. 
that's that's called the evolution of baseball mm -hmm. uh gotta love it but johnson no one has reached uh no one's i, I none of them will get to four thousand innings i'm pretty sure that's that's pretty safe so. to say they're all they're all i mean especially with sales injury problems serger's age and darvish uh you know he's kind of flip-flopping around and he's in an organization with a really good bullpen now so yeah and Andy joined, he joined Major League Baseball in his late 20s. So yeah, that's not great for him. Nope. Um, but now we get into the official Randy Johnson edition of. So Johnson, Randy Johnson has the most career strikeouts and F4 from his age 30 season on. No one, no one did it like Johnson did after turning 30. And he had 12 qualifying seasons with 10 plus strikeouts per nine and less than eight hits per nine. No one else in baseball history has more than eight such seasons. Johnson also had nine seasons with 290 plus strikeouts. No one else in baseball history has more than six such seasons. And all nine of those 290 strikeout seasons also had less than 100 walks. No one else in baseball history has more than four seasons with 290 plus strikeouts and less than 100 walks. Johnson also had seven seasons with 290 plus strikeouts and an ERA plus of 175 or better. No one else in baseball history has more than two such seasons. And Randy Johnson, in a, a shocking turn of events, has the only four seasons in baseball history with 240-plus innings pitched and 12-plus strikeouts per nine. I wonder which seasons those were. Yeah, it might, I think it was um, I think it was that one season with the Expos, uh, that Giants. Six with the Mariners. Yeah, the 91 Mariners, and uh, I, I don't know the other one. <laughs> the 06 Yankees. Yeah, 06 Yankees. Mm -hmm. four, four different teams. Yeah, impressive. So, Johnson is also the only pitcher in baseball history with 301-plus wins and less than 170 losses. We all know who made that filter to 301. Shout out to uh, last week's yeah shout out to last week's episode with uh mr uh, robert moses grove and johnson is also the only pitcher in baseball history with 4,000 plus strikeouts and less than 3,500 hits allowed and lastly he is the only pitcher in baseball history with 4,000 plus strikeouts and less than 1,500 walks So now on to uh, Randy Johnson's legacy and uh, what we what we think of it. First of all, um, Randy Johnson is a big reason why there's still baseball in Seattle. He helped save baseball in Seattle. You know, we went over, we've gone over the 1995 Mariners. It's uh, possibly our best history episode um, back at episode 38. Definitely my best reporting. Yes, and Randy Johnson was uh was probably yeah he was the best player of that team for sure he uh he rode the ship for them 
they went 27 and three in his appearances. And he, uh, he was a huge part in saving baseball in that city. And his 2001 postseason run is always going to be remembered, uh, especially because of the result, you know, him going five and one, having a one, five, two ERA and his, even, you know, his teammate doing just as well, probably better, but being, you know, the best postseason duo in a single postseason ever. Um, Johnson is also likely the most feared pitcher ever, uh, especially by left-handed batters. You know, you saw Larry Walker in the 1997 all-star game. I know it's, you know, tongue in cheek, but that's, sort of how you know left-handed hitters felt you've got you've got a 610 you've got a 610 guy throwing 100 with three-quarter arm action it's terrifying very terrifying so that's what he will always be remembered for is the intimidation factor because no one really had the intimidation factor like uh no uh like randy johnson did and there's a solid argument that Randy Johnson 1999 to 2002 run is the greatest four-year stretch by a pitcher in baseball history. You know, I went over it. Um, I went over it at the uh, at the end of his 2002 season. Um, like no one, you know, I went through the great four-year stretches of of history. No one really did it. No one. No one had as much wins above replacement as Randy Johnson did, and it's. You know, definitely, definitely like the one of the great, one of the great of all time. It's very debatable of like who has the greatest four-year stretch of all time, but you know, Randy Johnson might take the cake. And uh, lastly, in terms of his legacy, there is an argument for him being the greatest left-handed pitcher of all time, and no doubt he is the greatest left-handed pitcher of the integration era since you know after World War II in the past uh, 75 years, he has been, he was the greatest left-handed pitcher of all time. Definitely most dominant. It's, uh, you know, no doubt about it. Statistically, I test wise, best to ever do it, you know, in the past 75 years among left-handed pitchers. So sure. that's what I have on, uh, on Randy Johnson. Um. I mean, you kind of nailed all that. I mean, obviously I have a bias and my passion for the 95 Mariners. So that certainly has a place in my heart. Randy Johnson pretty much carried that entire rotation. Uh, like, I mean, you look at the, the other starting pitchers that were in that rotation along with Randy Johnson, he was on his own pedestal and it wasn't even close. Like everyone was just looking up towards him. Um, so he was pretty much the definition of carrying a rotation. I don't think anyone has ever done that more than he did in 95. Um, obviously, you look at his 01, his, uh, his 99 to 02 with the Diamondbacks. Uh, he brought a franchise to relevance, really. Uh, that was a franchise that just needed to be, to be put on the map, and Randy Johnson did that uh, even when they were struggling. You know, he kept them relevant. So I think those are some huge factors as well. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, I guess one thing I forgot to mention as you bring that up, you know, it, the – franchise has only been around for 23 years mm -hmm. greatest diamondback of all time uh even though he only pitched there for uh six years definitely the greatest diamondback of all time you Without know what he was able to do for Cy Young and still the best still the best Mariners pitcher of all time 
Uh, yeah, pro yeah, exactly. Best Mariners pitcher of all time, I guess. Um, maybe maybe there's an time. argument for Felix Hernandez, you know, because he spent his whole career there. But like, best best guy to pitch in Seattle for sure. Yes. Um, and yeah, you know, he was definitely the first great Mariners pitcher. Um, to you know, he helped he helped put two franchises on the map. Like yeah. When the Tampa Bay Rays got started, they were like, all right, we'll get Wade Boggs so people watch our team and we'll get his 3,000th hit, but, like, we still won't be good. The Diamondbacks were like, we're going to get Randy Johnson, who you think is washed up, but he's actually just about to hit his prime, and we're going to win a World Series in one of the best fall classics of all time against the New York Yankees, actually. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Shout out to the Diamondbacks, you know, mm -hmm. not being cheap despite only one season, and uh, definitely worked out for them. Yeah. And yet, yeah, Johnson. Yeah, he was, he led the Mariners to their first postseason appearance ever. He led the Diamondbacks to their first postseason appearance ever and their first World Series ever. So Johnson, you know, has an impact on some key franchises here in Major League Baseball. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, there's, uh, he's very, he's another guy where he's like very universally loved. Yeah. Uh, no one really dislikes him and there's really no reason uh, to dislike him uh, at all. Just a, uh, just a guy who went about his business, struck a bunch of batters out. And that was that 4,875 strikeouts later. That is that. So uh, we hope you enjoyed this uh, Randy Johnson episode. If you're listening on Apple podcasts or Spotify, Join us and watch the videos with us and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio. Uh, also, if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram <clears throat> at Daniel underscore Curran. And follow the show Instagram uh, to get all the updates on what we're doing at Above replacement radio on instagram and we hope you enjoyed the we got something. Uh, yeah we would also like to thank lastly we would also like to thank stathead for sure we had a ton of how about that's today thanks to stathead uh we'd also like to thank Fangraphs, society of american baseball research of course and uh mlb on youtube for sure for making all of this possible and we hope you enjoyed the randy johnson part of the episode and we hope to see you tomorrow where we are going to be talking about the 2008 Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs>